3 Podcasting is part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. I'm Lucia, and this month my guest co host is Repodcasting favorite Marita. Hello. <laughs> How are you, Marita? I'm good. It's good to be back. Wonderful to have you. You've been a little busy, and so I actually chose the movie this month, Mm -hmm. and I have been itching to recast this 2021 Amazon original being The Ricardos since the moment I heard it existed. So yeah, I didn't even want to watch it, to be honest, but I wanted to recast it, and so I watched it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Had you heard of this movie? I have been living under a rock (laughs) with being back in school and being super busy. So I had not heard that this movie had been made. Oh, wow. Okay. It was up for a few Oscars. Oh, yeah. I haven't been following the Oscars. I've been like really, really not in the loop (laughs) at all. (laughs) So the box office for this movie, well, as an Amazon movie, they don't really publicly disclose those numbers, which I still think is just, I don't know, it seems sinister. Like that these streamers, they should have, they're making the movies. They should have to report some kind of numbers. But how could they? By how many people watched it? Well, you could report the budget, which they also... Oh, they don't report the budget? So I read somewhere that because of the like caliber of the cast, it was just in an article and it was just kind of thrown away. But I don't know if it's an accurate number. It said 40 million, which is a lot for this movie. Like I know the it's... budget? A... Yeah. Was 40 million? Yeah. Okay. Which, seem like that. but like this, I think this movie did play in theaters. Um, I don't know for how long because obviously it is a streaming movie. And I know on its opening weekend in theaters, it made $450,000. But that's the thing, like in, in a weekend. So I don't know. It, well, that's not a lot for a weekend either. No, but, it's not. But yeah, like, are you really going to put $40 million into a movie that is just going on streaming? I mean, I guess they were going for, like, awards cachet and stuff like that. But I don't see where you recoup that. I can see that budget, though, because look at the stars in this movie. It was packed with high, like, big names, was it? Yeah. yeah and A-list. even even for, like, small roles, it was, like, pretty big yeah. people. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, so... That's all I could find in terms of box office numbers. So if you want to give a little synopsis of the movie. Sure. So Being the Ricardos is a movie about um, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. And it follows Lucy and Desi as they face a crisis that could end their careers and another that could end their marriage. Yeah. So it is focused on like a very, I think it's one week of their lives um, as they Mm. prepare to record one episode of their show. I guess record is not the right word. I'm too used to podcasting now. <laughs> As they prepare tape. to film. Yeah. yeah. Tape, I think. So I watched the Amy Poehler documentary. I mentioned it to you the other day. It's really good. And it covers this part of their lives in a lot of good detail, too. Mm. So personally, I would just rather watch the documentary. I don't need this movie. But also, there are some things that they changed that I can't figure out why? What's the purpose? Like, even the article I was reading said, like, oh, Aaron Sorkin rewrote history with this part. And I'm like, but why? Like, Mm. I just couldn't find a reason. So the most egregious one, I would say, is near the end, where Desi is... So 
hopefully people have watched this because mm-hmm. I will be talking about things that happened at the end. Desi Arnaz is kind of warming up the audience before they're about to tape. And then he just confronts the fact that Lucille Ball has been called a communist, uh, named by the House on American Activities Committee, and he just faces it dead on. And then he's like, well, listen to this. And J. Edgar Hoover is on the phone mm-hmm. saying... That didn't happen? No. <gasps> I can't believe that didn't happen in real life. I mean, I guess that's why they did it, because it's so dramatic. But I don't think J. Edgar Hoover would have done that for anybody. Like, it just... Well, she was uh, she was huge. I know. But that never happened. And but so, did he actually do the investigation, J. Edgar Hoover? J. That I don't recall, if I knew it at all. But the weird part, too, about that is that what happened in real life is something that's really commonly documented, because Desi made a quote... That, like, it's been quoted many, many times since. Um, What he said was, uh, Lucy has never been a communist, and what's more, she hates every communist in Hollywood. The only thing read about Lucy is her hair, and even that's not legitimate. Mm -hmm. And so that's, like, a really often quoted, like, thing that he said, and that's when he said it. And, like, I don't know, I just don't see the reason why you would change that. Because that is... Something that at least people who know them or who are around then, they know that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm getting a little off course, <laughs> which I probably will a lot throughout this episode because I have so much to say. This movie made me so angry. <sighs> but we'll pause now for our first ad break uh, and then we'll return and give our recasting choices. This episode of Repodcasting is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you switch providers, nothing changes about the delivery of these utilities to your home or business. If you have an existing contract, you're going to want to find out the terms before leaving. If you don't, then it's even easier to sign up for Park Power. You, as the consumer, have the choice of who you pay your bills to. Why not choose your friendly local utilities provider? Park Power's community partners include CKUA Radio Network, Boys and Girls Club of Strathcona County, the Altview Foundation for Gender Variant and Sexual Minorities, the Festival Place Cultural Arts Foundation, Muscular Dystrophy Canada, the Canadian Parks and Wilderness Society, and the Saffron Center, which supports those affected by sexual violence. Learn more at parkpower.ca. And now back to the show. And we're back, and we will get into our recasting, starting with, Marita, your choice for Lucille Ball. Okay, so in this movie, Lucille Ball is played by Nicole Kidman, and I think she did an okay job. I think she did really well in the scenes that were filmed in black and white. Okay. Like, those scenes, I so thought... So you mean the recreations of the show? Yeah. Those scenes, I thought she really got the essence of Lucille Ball on I Love Lucy. Like, okay. I thought she did a great job. But then, otherwise, I don't know, it just seemed a little bit off with her performance. So anyway, I felt that the modern-day Lucille Ball that should have been cast is Deborah Messing because I mean she's played her before she has I mean not played her but like I think it was on an episode of Will and Grace she 
there was one episode where she was Lucille Ball oh. and did, if I'm not mistaken, from the original Will and Grace, not the newer one. Okay. I believe. I should have double checked this. But I, I know I've seen her do Lucille Ball before. And I just think she's really funny and she's got the right look. And I think she would have killed it. And I read that she wanted to do that. Oh. Did you read that? No. She wanted to play and that fans wanted her to play. Yeah. And then I don't know why she wasn't cast. That's so weird because, so uh, I also recast <clears throat> Ever Messing because to me she is the obvious choice. Yeah. Since Will and Grace, so since, you know, 15, 20 years ago, whatever it was, she's been compared to Lucille Ball. Yeah. And she does the physical comedy well in the same way that Lucy does. It, that's really interesting that she played her in the show. Like, I, I never uh, saw that. But... Yeah, to me, she's the absolute perfect choice. And one of the things that's interesting, like, I don't know if you saw any reasons why the studio didn't pick her or if they just, no, maybe they just didn't even consider her. I don't really know. But her and Nicole Kidman are pretty much the same age. So it definitely wasn't like yes, an age so thing or anything like that. Because one of the weird things, which I think was fine, but it is weird, is that both Nicole Kidman and uh, Javier Bardem are around 10 years older than Lucy and Ricky were at that time. Mm. So clearly the producers didn't care about age. Yeah, they mentioned um, her age at one point in the movie. And then yeah. at that point, I Googled Nicole Kidman's age to see, like, she's not that age. And yeah, she's much older. And she doesn't look that age and you don't need to pretend. <clears throat> like, yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, so that's, that. I love that you also oh, chose Oh, we her. didn't say who Deborah Messing is. Just realized. Okay. Yeah. She is Grace from Will and Grace. And she's also from the TV show Smash, which I never saw, but it, it definitely had a fandom. Okay. So what about for Desi? Desi, I wanted to cast someone who is Latino for sure. So I wasn't sure who to pick. So I Googled Latino actors and picked someone who's been acting, who's worked, and who has a look of, like, good-looking, charismatic, kind of... Because I feel like Javier Bardem, even though he did a, an amazing job with his mannerisms, he's not that good-looking, and... Um, he's a different kind of good-looking. He's a very Arnaz, rugged guy. Like, well, he Desi Arnaz was hot. And pretty. <laughs> Desi Arnaz yeah. is a pretty boy. So... Anyway, I cast Danny Ramirez. Ramirez? Uh, the name know? sounds familiar. So he's been in TV shows, The Gifted and On My Block, those two TV shows. And he is Joaquin Torres in the Marvel Universe. Oh, he's also, his latest movie was Top Gun Maverick. Oh, he I did see that. The Latin guy okay. on Top Gun Maverick. Okay. Oh, I see it. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of him. Yeah, I get that. Totally. He's a lot younger than Deborah Messing. He's 24 years younger oh. than her. But I think with the right makeup, Deborah Messing could have been made to look younger and then he would have been fine. He would have had to be aged up, actually. Because he sounds like he's then around 10 years younger, 14 years younger than Desi would have been at that time. Maybe. Because there was only a 10 year difference. Oh, okay. Anyway, I definitely saw a Top Gun Maverick, but I don't really remember him. I'm going to have to see some of his stuff. And I don't really watch the Marvel stuff, so I don't know him. But that's cool. <laughs> who did you pick? So for me, I totally agree. I wanted to pick somebody who was more of like had the pretty boy good looks. Javier Bardem is such a good actor and he did mm -hmm. do a good job. Yes. I have no complaints about his performance. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like when you're, when you're making a movie like this, that even though this is something that happened 50 years ago, those two people 
are still maybe not by like Gen Z or whatever, but by anybody older than Gen Z, they're still known. They're still oh, well yeah, known. Definitely. And and yeah. everyone can picture them. And mm-hmm. so y- you do have to focus on people who look like them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was trying to figure out like which I definitely wanted somebody Latin as well. Apparently, actually, just to go off on a tangent for a second, Aaron Sorkin originally wanted an undisclosed Brazilian actor in the role of Desi, but he was told by a casting consultant that it would be wrong as Brazilians aren't Hispanic. Mm. That's weird. Well, they're not. Hispanic means from a Spanish-speaking country. I mean, (laughs) they're pretty close. (laughs) I don't like that. No, because in Breakfast at Tiffany's, there's a character who is said to be Brazilian and his accent and it like just everything. I'm like, this guy's not Brazilian. Like, he's clearly of Spanish descent. Mm. (laughs) I don't know. But I guess if he can make a Spanish accent, this Brazilian actor. Right. Some people have rumored that it is uh, somebody named Wagner Mora. I don't know who that is. Um, But anyway, so I wanted to go with somebody who is of Hispanic descent. Mm -hmm. uh, And I went with Diego Luna, who is in Rogue One. He's the main character of the Star Wars story. And then he's also in Andor, I'm guessing, playing the same character. He was in Y Tu Mama Tambien. He's been in Narcos. Uh, He was in If Beale Street Could Talk. So you might need to look him up. It looks like Marina does not know who that is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's super handsome. And he's a really good actor. I really enjoy him whenever I see him. Oh, don't look at him on IMDb, though. I'm going to show you a picture. Because he looks like he's got long hair and a beard, and that's just not, like, the look that I was thinking of. Does he okay. look familiar to you? or No, no not okay. at all. Yeah. Anyway, I, I think he's super handsome and a very good actor. And, and I could see him playing Desi. I think he would have done a really stellar job. And... It doesn't really matter, but he's the same age as Desi would have been at that time. Mm. So, yeah, I I feel like, I don't know. This was, for me, the fastest I have ever done my casting choices. To me, it was, like, so easy to find two people more suited Mm. to the roles than Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem. And I I really think that they were mainly, I don't want to say only because they're both talented actors, but I really think they were only chosen, mainly chosen for their star power. Mm. They just yeah. wanted like the biggest well, Latin actor, I mean, the biggest. He did a great job. He absolutely did. If there was an audition where he performed the way he did and then other people just didn't perform as well, I can see why he would be cast, even though his okay. look was off. And Nicole Kidman, like she did a decent job too, I think. Like, I think you need a comedic actor in that role. Even though a lot of the film is dramatic. Yeah. Lucy, what Lucille Ball was one of the funniest women, one of the funniest people on TV at the time mm-hmm. and in history. Yeah. <laughs> so it really bugs me. Oh, yes, let's get Nicole Kidman, the funniest person I've ever seen. Yeah. But I think, though, like most of the movie is not on the show and she... Like, you see the scenes where she's trying to make the scene funny, and she's very serious about it. Yeah. And, a, like, that makes sense that Lucille Ball would have been like that. So it's like, she's hilarious once the cameras are rolling, but this movie is about before the camera starts rolling. So, I don't know. Yeah, but I also feel like whenever I've seen somebody, I don't want to say whenever, but almost every time I have seen a comedic actor do a serious role, a dramatic role, they always knock it out of the park. Okay. So get the funny person who is like Lucy, and they'll still be able to do the dramatic parts. Mm. 
So anyway, that was my biggest beef. Also, just the fact that it wasn't Deborah Messing, who is so clearly perfect. Oh, and then just one thing, like while I was looking up Diego Luna and his credits and everything like that, uh, I just noticed that both Javier Bardem and Diego Luna played Inigo Montoya in the home movie Princess Bride thing from 2020, where all the actors were recreating scenes. But they both played him? Yeah, because they had people do different scenes and it was like you'd only perform it with people in your cohort. Oh. Um, And so... Like, for example, Angela from The Office plays Inigo Montoya in one scene. <laughs> oh. uh, so anyway, but yeah, I just thought it was funny that they had both played the mm-hmm. same role in the same movie. Oh, and then also, uh, so I'm, okay, full disclosure, I despise Aaron Sorkin. Oh. I think he is one of the least talented people with the biggest careers, and I cannot figure it out. I am going to put in the show notes a link to this YouTube. Uh, it's a super cut. And it's made by a fan. It was made with love, but it is Aaron Sorkin from various shows of his, people saying certain lines, doing certain things that are identical. identical. Mm. (laughs) This guy is so lazy. He is such a hack. And he just keeps getting these high profile things. Like to me, maybe, Hmm. you know, a lot of people love, love, love The Social Network. And I do think it's a good movie. And so I'm fine with like saying, oh, yes, he did that and that was good. And I feel like that I'd have to look exactly where in his career that happened. But it feels like that gave him a blank check in Hollywood. And now he's allowed to do whatever he wants. And like, I don't know, I think everything, almost everything he does is just horribly written. And he's known for being a writer. What other, what else has he written? Um, He did The Trial of the Chicago 7. That was one of the more recent ones. And then he wrote The West Wing and one with Matthew Perry, uh, Sunset Strip. Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip was his show. The Newsroom, I think it's called, or maybe just Newsroom. The one with uh, Harry from Dumb and Dumber. Which I can't believe, uh, Jeff Daniels. I don't know. I've um, never seen any of this stuff. Yeah, anyway, look up his filmography and see if like maybe you won't recognize most of it. But yeah, I, I'm a big hater of Aaron Sorkin and um I think that was a lot of what was wrong with this too like to me the writing did not feel he um, wrote a few good men what that was, a that was so movie. long ago mm-hmm. I didn't know he wrote them I haven't seen that one I don't know if it's any good it certainly he also was wrote Moneyball Aaron Sorkin wrote Moneyball that's what that's what Wikipedia says not <laughs> this isn't me <laughs> okay for some reason I thought well he didn't direct that one but anyway no. for some reason I didn't think that he wrote that that was fine. I also don't think that was like, wow, the writing in this movie is amazing. Mm. I just think he's crazy overhyped and I can't figure out why. But what I thought was interesting was he was not the original choice. David O. Russell was the first, to, well, I think the first to be offered the project. Him and Jennifer Lawrence, he always works with Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, they were interested before he ultimately ended up passing. I don't know why. Mm. Um, and then I guess it went to Aaron Sorkin after that. And in 2017, like, I guess this was in the works for a long time. In 2017, Kate Blanchett was in talks to star as Lucille Ball, mm. which I don't know. Like, I love Kate Blanchett. She's incredible. I also don't see it. No, I'd have to see her in audition. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> if only we could get hold of everybody's audition tapes. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of tapes, Nicole Kidman uh, met with Lucy Arnaz. Lucille Ball's daughter, Lucy and Desi's daughter. And uh, she had given Nicole Kidman tapes of Lucy speaking. So she listened to that and she tried to kind of like copy that. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, even though 
I did not love the performance, Lucy Arnaz did. Oh. She was a staunch defender. She says that she captured her mother, what she was like in real life, perfectly. Oh, see? Yeah, because we only know her once the camera started rolling, right? True. Yeah, absolutely. And then Javier Bardem didn't meet with uh, Lucy Arnaz until after filming. Oh. Oh, and, like, just another reason I just hate Aaron Sorkin. He stated that this movie is about the original cancel culture. Which, like, yeah. The the entire Huat committee was canceling everybody. Like, yeah. it, it's... I don't know. Does he think that's an original, intelligent thought? <laughs> I just can't stand him. I'm sure I'm being unfair on him because I already don't like him, but I just, I don't like. But he thinks everything he says is so smart. That's Mm. what bothers me. Speaking of the cancel culture of this movie, I thought it was so fascinating that they were like, you can't show a pregnant woman on TV. And they're like, people are pregnant all the time. (laughs) Like people have babies. People are pregnant. And then uh, they were just like, kids watch this show. It's like, yeah, and their parents get pregnant and have siblings. They have siblings. Like, it's so bizarre that that was something that they were so against was showing a pregnant lady on TV. Well, so they did end up winning that battle. I know. But they weren't allowed to use the word pregnant. I know. Which is so funny. Yeah. The word's never uttered. Mm -hmm. That she was like the first pregnant woman on TV. Yeah. Meanwhile, they slept in separate beds. Yeah. <laughs> but Wilma Flintstone was also pregnant on TV 10 years later. Oh, that was later. <laughs> she wasn't the first, even though no, chronologically she was, because yes. she's from Caveman Times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so you won't know this, but an, one Aaron Sorkinism is the walk and talk. Like, have you ever heard of that? Yes. Okay. So that is apparently invented by Aaron Sorkin. Okay. And of course, he had to put in a stupid walk and talk in this movie. <laughs> Oh, it made me so mad. I, just at one point, like, they're talking about the show and Desi's like, walk with me. Like, mm. it was so deliberate to mm. be like, here's the walk and talk. Because, mm. yes, they were that. I'm sure that's how everything was done. And uh, I don't know. I just he's such a hack. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to start cutting this out because I'm just going to repeat myself. Mm-hmm. The rehearsals for this movie were done over Zoom because it was during the pandemic. So that must have been a challenge. Mm-hmm. And at one point. Nicole Kidman considered dropping out of the project because she was so overwhelmed at the prospect of playing Lucille Ball. Yeah, and I heard, I read, not I heard, I read that um, there was a lot of backlash when she got cast. Oh, yeah. And so she really wanted to back out. But uh, and then she didn't. Yeah. But like I said, I think she did a decent job. Like, mm-hmm. I do think Deborah Messing would have done a better job. But I don't think she was, like, so horrible. Like, I enjoyed the movie a lot. And, um, like, I loved I Love Lucy. Like, I think I've watched every single episode. And uh, I was like, okay. Like, I was expecting worse. And it was better than I expected. Um, I was expecting bad, and it fulfilled my expectations. And what, like... I was trying to get lost in the story and everything and and pay attention, but it just, there were points where I was like, am I watching a made for TV movie? What? Really? Other than of course, the fact that these are huge stars, but there was something about it that just felt like a made for TV movie. Oh, I didn't get that at all. And I have to talk about the actor who played Vivian Vance. Her Mm, name's Nina Arianda. I don't know how to pronounce it, but something like Arianda. 
she was amazing. Like, that was Vivian Vance. Like, <laughs> I thought she did such a good job. And I really think that J.K. Simmons did a great job with... Amazing. Uh, Fred Mertz. What's his name? Fred Mertz, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I had heard, like, way before, like, many, many years ago about the relationship between um, Vivian Vance and whatever his William name Frawley. is. William <laughs> Frawley. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, it's it's fun to see, like, someone's idea of how that played out. Yeah. And Vivian Vance and Lucille Ball also, I had heard about their relationship. And so it was interesting yeah. to see it. Yeah. I but I've never seen the, the documentary mm. by... Yeah, I, honestly, to anybody listening, I really recommend it. I it's think that's on Amazon Prime as well. And did it come out before this movie? I am 90% sure it did. It was called Lucy and Desi, and it came out in 2022. So, in fact, oh, I think after. it came out after, yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. But it's excellent, and that is on Amazon Prime as well okay. um, for anybody listening. Maybe because of that movie, because that's an Amazon original movie, being the mm-hmm. Ricardos, Maybe that's why they ended up buying this documentary from Amy Poehler Mm -hmm. and streaming it. Apparently, it's one of the most successful Amazon Prime movies. They don't share their numbers. But Jennifer Salke, head of Amazon Studios, said they were blown away by the numbers of uh, the number of viewers. Mm. Well, like you said, everybody knows Lucille Ball. And I'm sure everybody wanted to. Everyone who knows her wanted to see it. I once you told me the movie and I looked it up and I was like oh my god story of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz I can't wait to see this well I remember because like the thing is we're obviously way too young to have seen it mm-hmm. when it was on but it was in syndication the, yeah. for years and years yeah um we saw I we watched it on tv together no of course yeah but what I'm saying is like when it was new like mm-hmm. but it was on syndication for so long everybody knows it I think everybody loves it like mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so huge. And I even remember in the mid-90s, I want to say mid-90s, maybe early 90s, there was a TV movie about them, but it was more just about how they didn't get along. It was like the story of their relationship and like them. And it was very sensationalized. I mean, I'm sure it was also like not totally unrealistic because it sounds like when they fought, they fought. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, it was uh, like... It felt salacious, that TV movie. So I'm going to stop ranting about Aaron Sorkin and about this movie. I mean, I honestly, I do recommend watching it if you know Lucille Ball or Desi Arnaz at all. Even though I didn't like it, I still think it's worth a watch. Yeah, I think so. The ratings that it got from critics on IMDb, it has a 60% from 51 critics, which is not great. No. And then on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 68% from 280 reviewers. So also not that great. So I didn't end up reading into the actual reviews and specific things that they criticized, but I think I'm gonna go back and do that Mm -hmm. because I'm curious because I honestly like, I know I'm bringing a bias into it that I, because I don't like Aaron Sorkin and because I thought Nicole Kidman was very poorly cast. So like I came in hot (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I also was like, I'm probably going to be in the minority of people who like really didn't like it, but it sounds like probably not. (laughs) Well, 68 liked it. 68%. I mean, so you are in the minority, (laughs) but that's not a good score. It's still the majority. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's take our second ad break and then we'll come back for our final segment. This episode of Repodcasting is brought to you by Park Power. 
your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you switch providers, nothing changes about the delivery of these utilities to your home or business. If you have an existing contract, you're going to want to find out the terms before leaving. If you don't, then it's even easier to sign up for Park Power. You, as the consumer, have the choice of who you pay your bills to. Why not choose your friendly local utilities provider? Park Power's community partners include CKUA Radio Network, Boys and Girls Club of Strathcona County, the Altview Foundation for Gender Variant and Sexual Minorities, the Festival Place Cultural Arts Foundation, Muscular Dystrophy Canada, the Canadian Parks and Wilderness Society, and the Saffron Centre, which supports those affected by sexual violence. Learn more at parkpower.ca. And now back to the show. And we're back, and it's time for our final segment. Hold me close, young Tony Danza. It's time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza, the segment where we cast Tony Danza into one of the roles in this movie. And I'm excited to find out, Marita, where you put Tony Danza. Well, I wanted to give him a minor role in the movie. And so I cast him as Bob Carroll, who is one of the writers that uh, works with Alia Shawkat's character. Okay. So he's the young, like the younger writer who she kind of always beats him at everything. I didn't write down the actor's name. That yeah, he's from him. The Office. Jake something. He he was only in the last season of The Office. Yeah, he was the Eight. intern, right? Yeah. But the character on the movie is Bob Carroll. So that way, he had some lines and, you know, he was a character in the movie. But, but so you want to cast him as Jake Lacey, not a, not as the older version of Bob Carroll, the younger version of Bob Carroll. Yeah, I mean... In 2021. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. It's a 2021 movie. <laughs> well, we can use our imaginations. You're casting young Tony Dan. Well, if they have a really good makeup artist, <laughs> I can make him look young. <laughs> okay. Because I thought you were going to say you cast him as the older Bob yeah, Carroll. Yeah, sure. That's where I want to put him. <laughs> the old Bob Carroll. <laughs> because, so um, I ended up casting him as Jess Oppenheimer, played by Tony Hale, yeah. played wonderfully by Tony Hale. I mm-hmm. love Tony Hale. But I debated casting him as the older Jess Oppenheimer. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I really liked his dynamic with Lucille Ball. Yes, and so, I did too. Yeah, and so I wanted to see Tony Danza in that kind of tug of war back and forth. Mm. Yeah, But it would be interesting because he's definitely like the more timid person, although so is Bob Carroll in the movie. Yeah, definitely. I really think that Lucille Ball was like, I mean, people have said this, she was a force to be reckoned with. So compared to anyone else, the other person is more timid than she is because she was just a force of nature. Yeah, that's true. Okay, well, that about wraps us up for being the Ricardos. Marita, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Great. And so for next month, we will be recasting the movie Chef starring Jean Fav- John Favreau. He's not a Jean. <laughs> and uh, I'll have Avery and Lena from the Mess Hall podcast as my special guests. So tune in for that. And uh, as always, if you want to leave any comments or leave any notes on, you know, what you thought of the episode, what you thought of the casting, if you have your own casting choices, you can do that on any social, the main social media platforms, Facebook, 
probably not Twitter by this point in time and uh, Instagram um, at repodcasting or the safer bet, uh, send an email repodcasting at gmail.com. So thank you as always for listening and see you next month. Bye. Bye.